Welcome to the 14th episode of the Hardwired Hockey Podcast featuring your host Tyler Prosik and I'm Matthew Sheridan. Today we're going to be covering all the NHL action happening the past two days including Panarin returning to the New York Rangers, um, possibly Malkin looking to be traded to the Florida Panthers, um, Shake the Brusque rumors, and a few trade predictions including Matthias Ekholm, Philip Forsberg, and the Stahl brothers. So uh, Tyler, how are you doing today? I am exceptional. A little shaky class today in uh, journalism uh, first year course, um, but you know, Everyone pushed through, and uh, and now it's time to talk some hockey, my favorite part of the day. So, yeah. How about you? What, what's going on with you? Yeah, that uh, journalism class was something else, but glad that that's over and excited to talk some hockey. So, I guess we'll hop right into it, and uh, the first um, topic that we'll kind of discuss is Panarin returning to the New York Rangers. Um, he took a leave of absence a few weeks ago to deal with a personal issue with some accusations that came out in 2011 accusing him of uh, beating up a 19-year-old girl. Um, there's been people that have come out and said that and vehemently denied those rumors. And um, so uh, now that he's returned to practice and stuff, how do you kind of feel about that? Um, yeah, it was a weird situation. Um, so, you know, it's good to see him getting back on the ice, though. So definitely excited for that. Um, the Rangers definitely need him. They haven't been that great this year. I think I'm pretty sure Sturkin's been pretty – pretty good this year but otherwise you know they're 10 11 and 3 not that great um, according to this website I'm pretty sure this is accurate but um, yeah I mean he'll help their lineup a lot um, he brings you know great off- offensive game and uh, great power play help as well uh, 18 points in 14 games so far this year so you know he's having a pretty good year five goals um, so yeah it'll be good to see him back in the lineup uh, what about you what do you think uh his impact will have on the team moving forward. Yeah, first of all, I just want to say I'm kind of glad he's back just because that kind of means I think his family's safe and uh, they're not in that trouble anymore. So, yeah, I think that's a great thing and um, I wish him all the best. But, yeah, the, his impact on the Rangers is, it can't be denied. I mean, he was in hard trophy conversations last year. I think he had 95 points. So he had a ridiculous first season with the Rangers. Proved he was worth that $11-plus million cap hit. And um, I think he's one of the better players in the league when he's on his game. And uh, yeah, the Rangers need them. They've been uh, kind of struggling at this point in the season. I don't think a lot of people expected them to make the playoffs, but um, they've got a good young team. Um, I'm not going to go into the likes of Jack Johnson and stuff. Those guys are, are not good hockey players. But other than that, um, they've got a good young core. Keandre Miller. Lafreniere has been struggling, but um, I still like what I see from him. But yeah, to have Panarin back is a boost to anyone's lineup, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that they got him back. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll move on. That was kind of just a, a small rumor that I want, uh, not a small rumor, but a, a small tidbit of news that I wanted to bring up just to glad to see him back on the ice. But um, one that could, will be, uh, the next topic is uh, kind of interesting because uh, it involves your beloved Florida Panthers. But Evgeny Malkin has been rumored in trade talks for the past few seasons. Um, there's been talks about Jim Rutherford maybe dealing him. And now that he's left, um, the, the talks have kind of, quieted down a bit, but they're starting to ramp up again. Um, I think the only, I, I read something the other day that the only untouchable on the team is Sidney Crosby, and that's to be expected. Um, Malkin has a, a, lives in the, in Florida during the summers, and uh, there's been talks about him maybe going to Florida. I, uh, I'd be curious to hear um, what you think he'd add to the team, what they'd have to give up, and uh, what would you think about it if that actually happened? Um, yeah, that's going to be a shaky thing. Um, for them to trade for. I'm very concerned. Um, it's undeniable that Malkin's an incredible player. He had a slow start to the year, I believe. 
Um, but he's picked it up as of late. He's got 19 points in uh, 25 games. Um, Florida currently has $6.2 million in cap. So they'd have to send some cap back as well. And just looking at their, their forwards here, I'm pretty sure, you know, Berkey and Hextall will probably like guys like uh, Noel Chari. Uh, I think that's a guy that Berkey will definitely like. Um, Frank Petrano is a feisty winger and he makes two and a half million dollars as well. So, you know, we'd have to send some salary back. Um, don't really know where that's going to come from, to be honest with you. Um, I assume it'll be a gritty forward like uh, Achari. Um, and, you know, on top of that, it'll be Achari, you know, first round picks and all this stuff because of how great Malkin is. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he has one year left on his deal, right? I think so. Yeah. So a one or two, I know it's, he doesn't have much left on his deal, but um, so, you know, the haul isn't going to be humongous because it is one year of his contract. Um, but if Florida were to, if it was like a, a trade, Florida trades for him and he signs, like that's part of the deal that he's signing in with Florida, then obviously the trade's going to be a whole lot bigger, but um, like, we'll see where this goes, but I mean, if Florida got a guy like Malkin, that team, that, that's just too much for me. It's too much. I can't handle that. Um, Florida would look over the top in regards to everything. They just, Bob's been incredible. He's at 925 save percentage in his last five starts. Um, the defenses look great. Gudas has been incredible for the Panthers. Um, you know, the forwards have been consistently pretty good. Um, so adding a guy like Malkin, I mean, you can't say no to that. Um, like I, I would love Malkin on the team, um, as in regards to what we'd have to give, I'd imagine two first round picks, a high quality prospect and a roster player, um, something around that, you know, a guy like Achari or, uh, Vitrano who, who put up a decent amount of points, um, and bring, you know, that gritty game that, uh, Berkey will love, um, so that's attractive to them. Florida has all their picks, if I'm not mistaken. I'll check right now. Yep, all their picks for the next three years. So that's not a problem. They have really deep prospect pool. So that's not a problem. Um, so it makes sense. Um, and with Malkin living in Florida, it makes complete sense for him to go to Florida. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens there. Um, I mean, man, that, that would really put Florida over the top if you ask me right now, um, that puts them, you know, they're already fighting for first place in the division. And I think with Malkin, that puts them right up with Tampa. Um, if, if Kucherov is still out, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure he's out for the whole year though. So, um, you know, it's, a, it's an exciting thought. Florida doesn't really, the last super exciting thing Florida did was trade Mike Matheson. Um, and that was probably one of the best days of my entire life. Um, and it clearly worked out. Uh, Patrick Hornquist has been unreal for the Panthers. Um, so, yeah, no, I think Malkin Florida would be a great idea. Um, he is 34, but, you know, you get him for this, this, the rest of the season possibly, and then he, say, signs a two-, three-year deal at, you know, a little under nine and a half because, you know, he's still playing good hockey. So he deserves high money, but I'm not sure it'll be that high at nine and a half. A thing I could see, sorry, I'm rambling a little bit, so I'll give you your chance in a sec. But a thing I could see, it's just this excites me. So you've got me excited now. Um, sure. 
is the Panthers signing him to a two-year deal after this year that would take him till he's 36 and then or 37 I don't know when his birthday is um and it would also lead to um Jonathan Huberto's when he's a free agent so Huberto Malkin would both be free agents Barkov I presume will be signed long term um already so you know it's a matter of just um, moving around the cap a little bit. Hornquist will also be a free agent last year, that year, and I'm, I'm assuming the Panthers let him go um, after his contract is up in 2022. Um, that's the final year of his deal. So I don't know. It's a lot to think about. Um, it doesn't help that our goalie's making $10 million. Um, he is performing well as, as of late, but, you know, still not, not worth $10 million. Um, and it'll be sad to see Chris Drieger go probably. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Chris Drieger is a name that could be headed to Pittsburgh as well. Um, there's, there's so many options that Florida has, um, and it'll be really interesting to see what they say. But I'm going to stop talking. I'm talking a lot. So, Matt, go ahead. Tell me what you think. Yeah, um, I wouldn't be as pumped about it as you because uh, my team in Florida is the Tampa Bay Lightning, but we won't get into that. But um, I think I think it'd be a great trade because Malkin's still a hell of a player, like you mentioned. Um, I think it would be an interesting dynamic. I didn't know how much cap space they had, but I think you said 6.25. So they definitely have to maneuver a bit. Um, I don't know exactly Mulligan's cap it at this point, but I think it's like something in the eight or $9 million range. 9.5. Yeah. 9.5. So um, yeah, they would definitely have to, I think they give up, like you mentioned, a, a depth guy like Nolachari or Frank Petrano. Um, their depth boards in Pittsburgh always were wonders. So they'd probably fit right in. You definitely have to give a probably two first round picks. I doubt you'd probably ask for this year. I think um, if you want to acquire it, it's going to be 2022, 2023, which would be kind of hurt in my opinion. But um, if you're acquiring a player like Malkin, I think it's worth it um, just because of how deep the 2022 and 23 drafts are. But given how good Florida's playing, that's probably going to be a late, later pick. So I wouldn't worry about it too much. And um yeah, but the prospect, I think you'd probably have. You would not – I don't – Spencer Knight's pretty much untouchable. Um, you could look at a guy maybe like Grigory Denisenko or um, I'm assuming Anton Lindell is also untouchable. That guy's amazing. I think Saron Noel is a name that you could throw in there. Yeah, yeah, probably Saron Noel. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I'd be curious to see if they'd want uh, Mackenzie Weger as well, just given the fact that they're probably going to lose some of their defensemen over the next few years. But – um yeah, it'd, it'd probably take a, a pretty hefty package to acquire Malkin. But like you mentioned, even at 34, he's still playing some amazing hockey. So it'd be an exciting trade. You always see these big basketball trades and stuff. And uh, you saw a big trade in hockey a few months back with uh, Dubois and a third for Line and Roslevic. But I don't think – I can't remember the last time there was a big, big trade like that. So it'd be Besides fun. Besides the um, – yeah. sorry to cut you off, but like the Subban Weber. This yeah, kind of like yeah, that was a few years ago. So – It'd be interesting to see, but um, I think it would it, it would work wonders for the NHL. It'd make uh, the front line news just because, given how good Malkin is as a player, and uh, yeah, that's definitely a thought and an entertaining one um, to think about. I think it would make a lot of fans happy. I know a lot of fans in Pittsburgh would be upset, but given the fact that they, I don't know, they're in a weird position. They can kind of always qualify if they're playing well, but uh, Crosby's starting to get older, although he's still playing some great hockey. Malkin's like you mentioned, 34, starting to get older. Crystal Tang's been talked about being traded. 
So it's that you're going to see a, a Chicago Blackhawks like thing I'd expect in the next few years where you're kind of seeing these young guys get drafted, but it's still a bit of a painful process. Um, I don't really don't think the Chicago Blackhawks can keep up what they have going at this point. Um, I could eat my words, but um, yeah, I think you'd see something like that in Pittsburgh in a few years. So with that being said, we'll move on to another interesting thing um, with the Boston Bruins. Forward Jake DeBrusque was a healthy scratch a few nights ago. I think it might have been last night or we're recording this on Wednesday, so it might have been last night or Monday night. Um, but yeah, he was a healthy scratch. Um, Bruce Cassidy said he wasn't playing um, the best of his ability, so I thought that was interesting. Given that he signed a bridge deal in the offseason and could potentially be moved at, at, moved at the trade deadline for something, maybe look to acquire a player who can um, bring some value and to help the Boston Bruins make that a uh, final push to cement their playoff spot. But um, I'd just be curious to, to hear your take, Tyler, and uh, maybe name, throw it a name or uh, a team or two where you think uh, he would fit the best. Yeah. Um, to be honest, DeBrusque, not that good. Um, his career high in points is 43 in 70 games. Um, you know, it's, it's fine. Um, he scored his career high in goals, however, is 27, which is pretty great. And <coughs> excuse me, he finished with 42 points that year. Um, I don't know. It's it's hard. Like this year, he started the year. He has five points in seventeen games. He's not scoring goals. Um, I'm I'm not sure where it's from because I don't watch a lot of Boston games. But maybe it's the lack of playmaking on their defense because I'm sure he was set up a bunch on the power play. Um, I'm just looking at his goals here in 2018 when he scored 27 goals. Eight of those were from the power play. And I assume most of them were assisted by Tori Krug. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's odd. And it's kind of unfortunate that he was scratched. But, you know, it's coach's decision. So, whatever. But um, I think a perfect team for him to go and try to rejuvenate his career here or his, his season because, um, you know, he's had a decent career so far um, is obviously the Edmonton Oilers. Anyone playing with Connor McDavid is going to score a goal if you're young and talented like DeBrusque is. Um, so Edmonton would be number my number one choice. Um, it's hard to say um, if they trade in division. Um, I doubt it would happen, but you know the Flyers could look at something like that. Not that they really need it. Their goalies have been struggling lately, from what I understand, um, which is why they're very low in the standings compared to past or compared to what people you know might have thought. Um, Another team that, you know, might jump is uh, the Minnesota Wild. I'm looking at they're, – they're doing pretty well this year. And uh, adding a guy with his scoring ability could really help their power play, could really help Ko, uh, Kirill Kaprizov. Um, it's something to look out for. Uh, I, don't, I think the Knights are too cap uh, stuck on the cap there for anything to happen there. Um, the Leafs, they're great where they are. I don't really know um, if a trade is – I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the Leafs are always looking to do something because they're the Leafs, and they're always annoying. I hate the Leafs. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, but, yeah, no, I think Oilers is definitely my number one uh, number one team. What, what about you? Where do you think uh, DeBrus would go in, in, an, in the event of a trade? Um, I think, yeah, I, first of all, I, I was kind of shocked to hear it. Um, I didn't think he'd be a healthy scratch. I was happy that he re-signed with them. Um, yeah. He's one of the few Bruins players that I can kind of respect and like other than we're not going to talk about the Brad Marchands of the world, but um, <laughs> Jake DeBrusque is definitely a guy that I, I like. 
Um, yeah, I think Edmonton would be a, an interesting fit. It'd be interesting to see what they'd give up. They're, I don't really see anything of value you might give up, have to give up like a guy like Ethan Bear and like a second round pick. I just, I don't really know his trade value because I haven't watched a ton of Bruins games this season. He's been struggling, but he's still a young forward who has a ton of potential. And I know if some Edmonton Oilers fans might be listening to this and what I just threw out could, I don't, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see, but um, they haven't really got any valuable forwards that I think would get them. Um, Jake DeBrusque, you're not going to trade a guy like Dominic Cahoon for him. And uh, Dreisaitl McDavid are the only guys that are pretty much untouchable. Um, and then you've got to look at their their defense. They're probably not going to touch Larson because he's a free agent. William Legison is not going to be acquirable for that. So I just look at them and you could trade a guy like Caleb Jones and or a guy like, like I mentioned, Ethan Bear. So I think it'd be interesting fit. Um, they did go out and acquire the, the best uh, team on paper that I've seen in a long time for McDavid and Drysaddle. But uh, I don't know. It still seems like McDavid and Drysaddle are carrying the load of this team and uh, it's time to get them some help, like a serious, serious help, especially if they lose Nuge in the, in the off season, which would be detrimental to that team. But um, another, another one that I would find interesting is the Winnipeg Jets. Um, I think they've got um, some young guys that they could look to trade the other way, maybe a Christian Vessel line or someone like that. Uh, a David Gustafson or a, a Jansen Harkins and like a first round pick or a second round pick. I think they've got some great top six forwards, Dubois, Wheeler, Shifley, Ehlers, Connor, Kopp. All those guys are playing pretty well. I know Kopp is struggling recently, but um, yeah, that's another fit. Um, I would not want Toronto to acquire him. We, we've got a, a decent forward core. And uh, I really like the, the Minnesota mention because I think, um, if they're looking for a D, you're not going to acquire a guy like Matt Dunbar, or Jonas Brodin, or Jared Spurgeon, but you could acquire um, one of their their depth defensemen and uh, maybe a forward. Like I don't know, it's interesting. They're not going to trade uh, Marco Rossi. I don't know how high they are on Murat Kuznadinov, but he played well with Rush in the World Juniors, second round pick this past season uh, in 2020. I look like uh, maybe you could trade him in like a second for him, but I, I like that fit as well because Kirill Kaprizov is looking like the the new franchise player, and um, I'd want to build around him with a solid solid um, board pieces. So, with that being said, we're uh, kind of going to stay on the same path. Um, there's been some trade rumors swirling a lot over the past few days over guys like Matthias Ekholm, Philip Forsberg, Nashville are going to be huge sellers at the trade deadline, and. Uh, Buffalo with uh, Eric Stahl and uh, Mark Stahl in Detroit. So I guess first off, we'll start with um, Matthias Ekholm and Philip Forsberg. Both guys are Nashville Predators. Um, what do you think it would take to acquire them? And uh, maybe where do you see them going? This is a hard one. Um, Forsberg, if Forsberg gets traded, that's going to be an insane, insane stuff. And I think, um, I don't think he'll get traded to anybody in the center division. Um, I think that's unlikely. Um, it's really, man, Forsberg's been so good. Like, I've been such a big fan of Forsberg for so long. Um, I think a team that might look at him, um, although they probably won't be able to afford him, um, <clears throat> is the New York Islanders. Um, it's, it's an interesting team to throw out there. But, you know, adding another top scorer to that lineup with, like, Matt Barzell, that would be incredible. Um, I'm not sure how tight they are against Cap. Um, 
but that would be a cool team for him to go to. Um, this is also a cap question, but the Edmonton Oilers need help. Um, you know, the, they're, they're doing well right now. And I think, you know, their number one need at the deadline should be Darcy Kemper of the Coyotes. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, Forsberg, Drysaddle, McDavid, it's game over. It's game over right there. Um, any other teams? Um, I could possibly see the, you know, again, the Wild. They have lots of assets to give up. Um, another player to complement that top six would be great. Um, it would actually make the Wild look pretty dangerous, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, those are some teams for Forsberg. As for um, Ekholm, this one is a toughie because lots of teams would be coming up for defense. Um, I could see Pittsburgh looking at him. Um, they'd have to do a lot of work in regards to cap structure and everything. Um, uh, I'm not sure how much Ekholm makes. I assume it's around the four to six million dollar range, um, but we'd have to confirm that. Check. Um, yeah, I think no. An, an, another team that might look at Ekholm is uh, uh, the Avalanche, possibly. Although you know their cap situation is interesting. Um, He's making you know, three point seven five. Oh wow, that's pretty good. Um, so neat. That that actually just broadens the 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 trade value for him because you know he's a pretty great defenseman. Um, in the central division, I could see him being moved. You know, the Panthers being in on him. I, I expect the Panthers to be in on a lot of guys at the deadline um, as they continue their success. Um, Thirty-six points, two points behind the Lightning for a division lead. Um, yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see. But Ekholm, I think a lot of teams will be calling on him, so it's hard to narrow it down um, for me personally. But let's get your thoughts on both Forsberg and Ekholm. Yeah, I've, I've loved Forsberg, like you mentioned. Great player, great teammate. Um, critical to Nashville's success, I would have thought. Um, he'd be an untouchable, just given how much he's made an impact in that city and for that franchise. But um they're becoming sellers. You might as well get them, get a crap ton of assets for him when he's still young and can play. Um, like you mentioned, Edmonton, of course, Edmonton needs all the forward help. So of course their name's going to be thrown around with all those top forwards. Again, I question what they'd be able to give up for him. I seriously doubt they have enough assets that they can acquire him. I really do not want them that want them to deal, uh, deal Dylan Hallway. He's going to be a fantastic addition to that team next season. I mean, he's absolutely tearing it up with Wisconsin in the NCAA right now. I think that was a solid pick. I think a 14th overall this past draft. And, um, but yeah, I just, I don't think that they have enough to acquire him. You could look to send Nuge the other way, but he's a free agent this offseason. So I don't know how much they'd be looking into that. Um, he can't put up 60 points, but um, I think they'd probably want to go with a younger dude or a younger player. Um, but yeah, I think it'd be interesting. Um, I know Toronto was rumored to be calling about him. I seriously do not know who we'd give up. Uh, it, it, it would be really interesting to see, but that top six of Neil Andrew Tavares, Forsberg, Matthews, Marner, Thornton would be absolutely ridiculous. And um, I think, um, sorry to cut you off, but I think if the Leafs went in, it would have to be Nylander going back. Yeah, it, it's it's something that, I don't know if we would end up dealing Nylander, but we'd have to give up probably like a first Nick Robertson or like Timothy Lilligren, um, a guy like maybe Mac Hollowell and definitely 
one of our roster players for sure. I, I just, I don't know how much, I don't know their asking price. So you, it could very well be a guy like William Nylander, just given how good Philip Forsberg is. But um, I, I think that would be an interesting um, rumor to, to think about. And um, another team that would be interesting is the Montreal Canadiens. They could use some forward help given um, how some of their perform, some of their top forwards are doing Philip Deneau. I don't think has a goal yet. I could be mistaken, but. I'll check. Again, something that um, could be interesting. You could see a guy like Victor Mate wanting to get a bigger role again than prospects. Um, yeah, so Phil Deneau doesn't have a goal yet. Um, so, yeah, uh, like I mentioned, Victor Mate, I I seriously don't know who they could, like maybe um, Nashville see some value in a guy like Ryan Paling. Um, definitely probably two firsts. I just or yeah, Jeff Petrie is probably untouchable, but a guy who's playing the, the best hockey of his career at the age of 33. But yeah, I think there's a lot of options for him. He's probably the Nash, David Poyle's phone is probably ringing off the roof right now with him and that home available in Harvardson. But yeah, switching the, switching my uh, path to uh, Ekholm again, another amazing defenseman. Um, I think he's fallen off a bit. He used to be in one of the better defensemen in the league, in my opinion, in terms of like defensive play and just his all around impact when Nashville was making their run to the playoffs, he, um, to the Stanley Cup final, he was lights out. Um, but yeah, I still think he has a ton of value, $3.75 million for I think this season and next, what I just looked up is immense value for a guy like him. He's going to get paid in his next contract, but a guy who can still drive the play offensively, he's kind of shifted his game towards a more offensive output. Um, I think he's looked pretty good this season. Nashville's been struggling immensely, so I don't know how much of an impact he's been able to make on a, such a bad team. But, uh, yeah, a guy that I assume, like you mentioned, so many teams are in on him that it's like, how can you narrow it down to a few of them? But I don't know. Maybe you've got um, some, a team like Boston, they need defensive help. You could maybe send Jake DeBrus the other way along with a few picks or something. Um yeah. Maybe the Florida Panthers, like you mentioned, they'd probably have to ship a guy like Patrick Hornquist or like a top six guy. Definitely not Huberto or Barkov, but maybe yeah. like a Carter Verhage, who's been pretty good, along with a guy like maybe Grigory Denisenko. I don't know. Um, maybe Owen Tippett, Sron Noel. I just, I don't know. There's so many possibilities, but um, another another interesting thing to talk about. And uh, But if I had to choose one team, I think it Boston would make a ton of sense for them. They they yeah. need some defensive help, and I think that would be a good fit. And um, the last two guys I wanted to touch on before we sort of wrap this up are the Stahl brothers. Um, I guess we can start with Eric Stahl in Buffalo. Buffalo has been struggling, and um, it's been it's been put out there that Eric Stahl would be willing to take a trade to a, um, a, a contender at the deadline. So uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts on him, and then maybe uh, shift your way to a Detroit Red Wings and a Mark Stahl. Um, man, I'm Eric Stahl is a centerman, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So I think Tampa could dabble around that, uh, that, that area a little bit just to give them more flexibility. Not that they need it, but you know, it's Tampa and they always annoy me. So probably something they'd think about doing, um, you know, maybe the caps, could be in there. Um, they're having a pretty good year. Um, but then again, they're in a division with the Rangers, the Devils, and the Sabres. So, you know, doesn't say much. Um, yeah, I mean, 
a team like the the Blues as well, actually, um, I think could be an interesting spot. They have pretty good center depth with uh, O'Reilly as the the leader out over there. But um, you know, you can never have enough veteran help. Um, so those are some teams I think could be interesting. Um, if if I'm looking at uh, the North Division as well, I'd throw in the um, the Canadians in there as you know, like we said, Denell's underperforming, so. Um, getting a guy like that to uh, get the guys in high gear could be could be interesting uh, to see. And I think, you know, let's get your thoughts on Eric, and then we'll both uh, talk about Mark as well. Yeah, I'm just going to pull up Eric Stahl's stats real quickly. Um, I think it'd be an interesting addition to any team. I mean, he's getting older. He's 36 years old, so I don't think he, he provides a ton of, ton of value like he used to. But I still think he's a pretty decent player. Um, just pulling up his lead prospects. One second. Yeah, I think he's a great player. Sorry, my phone's being slow. No worries. But, um, yeah, he has nine points in 24 games this season. So I don't think his impact can be felt as much as he used to in Minnesota, but still a great player. And um, I think um, his best fit would be like a, a third-line center on a contending team. Um Again, a guy who can go out there and take uh, the important draws um, and just be a leader in that team. He's made a – he won the Cup, I believe, with Carolina in, in 06 and um, in his second season in the NHL, and he was the captain of the Carolina Hurricanes for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years, and he also served as an assistant with Minnesota with for three seasons. So he's definitely got that leadership pedigree that a lot of teams are looking for when they look to make a run for the cup. So I think he'd be a solid addition. I mean, last season he put up 47 points and in 2017, 18, he had 42 goals and 34 assists for 76 points in 82 games. So he still, I still think that offensive um, game is there. Just has to depend on the right guys. So I don't know. Yeah, he's he's also on the Sabres. So yeah, he's not, yeah, the Sabres are really, really bad this year. So um, the team that I could see acquiring them again is um, the Winnipeg Jets. Um, I, I think they, they could use some help in the bottom six. Um, I think Edmonton would be another interesting thing. I doubt they go after, if they're going to go after some people, I think it's going to be the big fish, but, um, yeah, it's interesting to think about. I don't think he gets dealt to any team in their division. Um, I don't think that the Buffalo Sabres want to help them out in that sense. So he's probably going to get dealt to a team. Um, I think another team that could be interesting is the Vancouver Canucks. They could use some help. I know they're kind of cap strip. Uh, they're stuck on the cap at this point. They've got like $16 million devoted to players who are playing their bottom six and his cap hit is 3.25 at this point. So I don't know much of a fit, but I think he'd be a solid addition to their bottom six, especially if they move out guys like Jake Bertanen at the dip trade deadline. And um, yeah, what are your thoughts on Mark Stahl? Uh, Mark Stahl, one team comes to mind very quickly is the Edmonton Oilers. Um, you know, they could always use some um, defensive help. And I, I think that would be one of the best destinations for him. Um, I'm not sure the Red Wings also, you know, I, I think they don't, wouldn't really care if he got traded within the division because it's not that big of an addition, um, but it's helped your bottom four defensemen. Um, so, you know, possibly, you know, if the Blackhawks are still in it, maybe they'll dabble in a little trade or something. Um, 
Uh, not too sure what the Blackhawks' plans are as they move forward through the year, even though Kane's having a great year. Um, Boston Bruins come to mind. They need some defensive help. Uh, would be an interesting add there. Um, but wherever he goes, you know, it's not like a Norris defenseman. It's, you know, someone who's going to help your your bottom, maybe your second power play unit. Um, so, yeah, um, I think my number one pick for his landing spot would be the Oilers. Um, just because they could use some defensive help along with goaltending help, like I keep mentioning. Uh, Darcy Kemper to the Oilers is something that keeps coming into my mind. I think if they do that, that puts them at the top of the division um, with a strong goalie that, you know, can steal them some games while McDavid gets five points a night. So, you know, that's uh, that's those are my thoughts for uh, the Stahl brothers. What, what's your thoughts on Mark? Yeah, um, just to provide some context quickly, he has – two goals and two assists for four points in 27 games with the Red Wings. Um, I think it was a great acquire by uh, Steve Eisman last season. He, uh, he acquired a pick as well. Great cap maneuverability. The Rangers needed some help and uh, they got him off the books. He got a steep cap hit at 5.7. So I'd imagine some uh, salary would have to be retained if he does get dealt, but I think it's a great move by the Red Wings and Steve Eisman because they managed to turn, into an, turn him into an asset and he'll, he will most likely be dealt at the trade deadline. I think another team, like you mentioned, again, every time we speak about this, it's the Edmonton Oilers because they could use help um, everywhere. They need to help bolster the guys like McDavid and Dreisaitl. So um, I don't think he'd be, I think on a great deep team, he's um, playing third um, pairing minutes. Um, he can still play. He was a great player in the playoffs for the Rangers on all their uh, deep playoff runs over the years. And um, I think he'd be a solid addition to a team that's contending. I really don't see him going to a team that is not contending. I think that's out of the question at this point. He's getting older. Um, he's, let me check. He is 34, born in 87. So he's definitely getting up there in age. I think he wants to make a run for the cup, considering he has not won a cup yet in his career. And uh, yeah, I think, I don't know. I think he does get dealt. I think him and his brother will get dealt to teams in the Canadian division. I don't know if it's just a feeling or not, but. Um, I do think it's something that, especially considering even their families are from Thunder Bay, Ontario. So I, I would assume that they're still living here. So I think that'd be cool. I think that might factor into the decision. But um, yeah, uh, a team like the Winnipeg Jets could use some help on defense. Maybe the Vancouver Canucks, um, Calgary Flames, maybe, maybe trying to bolster their lineup, especially with the, the fact that Daryl, uh, Daryl Sutter was just hired, and um, yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting. Like you mentioned, I, I don't, I don't place a ton of value on him. He's kind of like I mentioned, a third pairing defenseman. I don't think it would change the dynamic of a team. It certainly wouldn't. I don't know why I said I don't think it would. Um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see. I think another thing that I wanted to touch on quickly, I completely forgot about, is um, Darcy Kemper. I still think he's an incredible goalie, and um, I know your choice would be Edmonton, but I think. Um, a team like Pittsburgh would probably be in a really interesting fit. Um, they, Tristan Jari has struggled immensely this season in case the Smith is not an NHL starter. Um, I think that'd be a, a great fit. You could look um, um, to a team like Philadelphia. Carter Hart has not been playing incredibly well like he did last season. So maybe bring in some competition, um, maybe trade Brian Elliott at the trade deadline. I don't know if any team would be interested in him, but maybe bringing in some competition for him. Um, make him work a bit. I know Carter Hart's the goalie of the future. and um, But again, 
just a team that's struggling with goaltending. I think you can make an argument for any team that has struggled with their goaltending. And um, I don't know. I, I, something I was thinking about the other day would be interesting is if we traded Freddie Anderson to the Coyotes for Darcy Kemper. Freddie Anderson hasn't. I don't know. I worry about Freddie Anderson and that, and he's a free agent. And I think Darcy Kemper would definitely add to this team. Um, I would love to have Darcy Kemper and Jack Campbell in that next season. That would definitely be something that I'd be down to roll with, especially over the next few years, waiting for a guy like Joe Wall to develop properly. I still think he's a few years out. And, um, but yeah, I think we do need to look at goalies as well. If that's a, a problem that we address this off season, um, so be it. But I think that'd be another interesting thing. So, the last topic before we wrap up, what do you think and where do you think Kepper goes if he does get traded? Um, my number one destination, 100% the Oilers. That would be a Koskinen kind of deal. That would include much more, I assume. Um, just throwing the name out there for the Oilers because I really think the Oilers need to do something because I hate watching McDavid waste his career. John Gibson is a name that should be surrounded um, surrounding the Oilers franchise. Um, seriously, Edmonton, get your shit together. I'm getting bored. Um, so that is what I have to say about that. Um, I agree. The Penguins are also a great option um, for Kemper. And um, I think the Coyotes need to do something because their franchise is in shambles. So do something. Um, I think you need to fix that prospect pool that isn't that great. Um, and you can get quite a bit for Kemper, I would assume. So I think they should go out and uh, deal him. You know, maybe the Wild jump in on that as well. Their goalies aren't that great. Cam Talbot's decent. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, hold on, Capo Kakinen is their backup right now. Um, he could be starting for all I know. I don't pay much attention to the Wild. But, um, you know, another name to throw out there. They have some, some pretty good assets to move around if they were to deal anyone. Um, so, yeah, that's another name. And, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's going to wrap things up, right, Matt? Yep. Um, that's that's just about it. Um, we thank you for joining us this week. Follow us on Twitter at hockey underscore wired pod. Um, let us know what you think about the episode and reach out with any suggestions for topics as we'd love to talk about whatever you guys are wondering about. And um, that's definitely something we'd entertain. So, Tyler, where can the people find you and what do you have going on? Um, yeah, you can find me at Prosick Tyler on Twitter, P-R-O-C-Y-K Tyler on Twitter, or uh, Tyler R. Prosick underscore on Instagram. And uh, yeah, you know, got a lot of over the line stuff coming out. We got uh, the Blue Jays Way podcast, uh, a lot of baseball articles coming out. Uh, Matt and I are busy with school, so I'm shouting out my sadness for being busy with school. Um, yeah, we're just looking forward to the baseball season. Hockey season still going strong. Florida's doing great. Not a lot to complain about. So yeah. Uh, Matt, what about you? Where can people find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Sheridan underscore Matt, S-H-E-R-I-T-A-N underscore M-A-T. Um, I also have some things coming out with the Hawk Curators. We're releasing our draft profiles on March 15th. So uh, look for that. I'm going to try and pump out a few of those in the following weeks. And uh, FC Hockey, we've got, now that the, the news came out that the draft is most likely going to be in July, we're definitely going to have to have to ramp up our scouting reports. So I've, like Tyler just mentioned, I'm crazy busy with school. We both are. But um our exams are in a month and a bit. So uh, hopefully over the next few months leading up to the draft, they can continue to pump out more scattering reports for them, but be sure to check those out as well. So um, thanks again for joining us and uh, we'll talk to you next time.